Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. Hello and welcome to You Beauty, the podcast for your face. I'm your host, Chazzy Hunt, and on today's episode, I'll be asking an expert everything you've wanted to know about facial oils, including how to find the right one for your skin type. In the hot seat today is dermatologist Dr. Niyati Sharma, who is the founder of Melbourne Clinic Inside Out Dermatology. Dr. Sharma, thanks for joining us on New Beauty. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me back. I love being on your show, so it's such an honor to be here. What is a facial oil? Plant oils are classified as being essential oils or fixed oils, and we're essentially just talking about fixed oils here because essential oils can be uh, essence of a botanical, whereas we're talking about oils that can be placed on the skin that has a positive effect on the integrity or the barrier of the skin itself. What benefits does a facial oil offer? Why are we looking at using them in the first place? So lots of oils have antibacterial properties, anti-inflammatory, antimicrobial wound healing, some help with skin aging, prevention of UV damage, and then obviously that skin barrier repair. So there are some benefits. Oil was probably the only thing that was around about 100 years ago that we were using as a moisturizer in a sense. And now we are kind of having a full circle. We're starting to see a lot of oils coming through in the market. You know, my favorite oil is Yehoba oil because it has a lot of anti-inflammatory effects, antibacterial properties. It has a structure that's similar to your skin sebum. It has a soothing effect on dry skin inhibits excessive flaking of epidermal cells, which are the cells on the top layer of your skin. But it's also non-comedogenic, so it does not promote acne. It's one of my favorite oils because it is a potent moisturizer and it works just like our skin's natural oils. So I think it allows your body to balance that and create a better barrier for your skin. What's the difference between a facial oil then and a body oil? So sometimes what people do, I'm talking about manufacturers, they will combine different types of oils that have different properties within them to create an improvement in your skin texture and elasticity. Whereas with body oil, it could be a combination of those, but often you don't need to worry about it causing acne or other inflammation. It often can be just coconut oil, for example, olive oil or avocado oil, whereas facial oils tend to be a combination of different oils to give you a better result, I suppose. But it can be more expensive. When we think about facial oils in your skincare routine, where exactly should it sit? It can be used anytime, but I find the best time is to use it at nighttime. Oil, if you just put it on the skin, often it sits on the surface of the stratum corneum, which is the top layer of the skin. So you need it to sort of get in through the barrier. And the way that you do it is you need a little bit of water on your skin. So often I say to patients, look, it's no point in just putting oil on dry skin. You need your skin to be wet and then you put on the oil, whichever one takes your fancy. 
And where does it sit then in the order of other products, say if you're putting serums on? Actually, is it even okay to layer it against serums or actives? Actives, I'm always a bit careful about. I think if your skin is relatively well healed, you want to make sure you're using oil that suits your skin. So for example, oils have a combination of linoleic acid and oleic acid. Oleic acid can cause barrier disruption. So for example, olive oil can penetrate the epidermis far greater than say avocado oil, but then that means that it can disrupt the skin barrier and can make eczema worse for some patients who are prone to that. So if you are using oil, I often say always try one thing at a time. Don't do too much all at once because you don't know which one was causing the problem. If you're finding that you're using an oil and you've been fine with it, you can layer it with a good active, but that depends again on the what active you're using. So if you're using vitamin C, which can aggravate that skin barrier, you wouldn't want to put an olive oil base and then to put on a vitamin C because it'll just make things a lot worse. So it's always a really good idea to start with one thing and then layer it as in when you see an improvement in your skin and making sure that it hasn't caused a problem in the first place. So jojobas are getting the gold medal today and there are just so many different botanicals and essential oil ingredients that are included as the hero in facial oils. So how do we go about deciding which one is the right one for our skin type? Maybe we'll break it down by skin types today. Starting with dry or dehydrated skin, what would be the facial oil ingredient you'd be directing someone to? So I'd say for all the further questions that you're going to ask me, I would definitely put jojoba oil number one. But if you're looking at, say, skin barrier repair, I wouldn't go towards olive oil because that actually impairs it further. But you could try avocado oil or almond oil. They have a positive effect on the skin barrier. Shea butter is also a good one. It does come under the oil category. What about aging skin? If you have some concerns around lines or texture, what are the best oils for this person? I'm a little bit careful about oils when it comes to aging because, you know, we all hear about patients that put on coconut oil and sat in the sun and now we're seeing the adverse effects of doing that. I'd be very careful about skin aging and skin cancer. Having said that, you know, there's some improvements with sesame oil in your skincare routine. You know, being the skeptical that I am, I'd say if you really want something for skin aging, I really wouldn't go towards an oil. Are oils okay for sensitive skin? It depends. So again, I'd stay really away from olive oil. Olive oil contains oleic acid, which can disrupt water barrier in your skin and then further aggravate and cause worsening of your skin barrier. So if you've got eczema, I would possibly would stay right away from it. There are other oils you could use like almond oil. There's an oil called barrage oil. You can try shea butter, of course. What about oily and combination skin? For some people that might seem counterintuitive to put facial oils on, are there any benefits or are there any in particular that are useful? (laughs) I think I'm saying the same oil again and again. So your hover oil is obviously a good one to use if you have combination skin because this is it's kind of mimicking what your skin would naturally do. But if you do have quite oily skin, you know, it might be beneficial to go down the line of using serums rather than oils, in my opinion, just because most people complain about that texture on their skin, that oiliness, they feel they don't like that sensation of it. So I'd probably stick to more oil-free serum-based preparations rather than using an oil on your face. What about acneic skin? Is facial oil suitable for acneic skin? 
Yes. Yeah, so that's what we were talking about, that comedogenic factor. So it's really worth, like rosehip oil and jojoba oils, evening primrose oil, all of them have a category of that comedogenic scale system. So whatever oil you're using, just Google that and put comedogenic factor. And if it has a high number, you know, I'm talking about three, four, five, then it's worth, you know, not using that on your skin. If it has zero one, then you can certainly put it on your skin. Is it going to actually be helpful for the acne? Yes. So jojoba oil, for example, which is my favorite go-to oil, it has these antimicrobial activities, which I think are really helpful. And what they do is it has this kind of liquid wax almost that allows you to dissolve some of that deposits of this, you know, sebum that collects within the pimples and sort of clears the skin and removes those comedomes, which are those blackheads and whiteheads that you usually get from having acne. So it has this high effectiveness actually in treating acne as well. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. I always sometimes go a bit crazy with the amount of facial oil I put on. Is there a sweet spot? Because I do sometimes feel they're like use two or three drops. I'm like, that's not going to make it all over the face. It's okay to use a little bit more. Wet your skin because then it will spread more. What should you generally expect to pay for a facial oil? And is there any issue of a facial oil being too cheap? Look, I'm not a fan of like categorizing products in terms of pricing. I think that you can get fantastic products that are just from your regular chemist and then you can get fancy things you know when I was doing a bit of research I was looking at all the fancy oils up to onwards of $500 I don't think that's necessary sure if it makes you feel better you can buy something expensive but the natural property of the oil isn't going to change it's the extraction process so if you're cold extracting an oil, you're going to have better effects from that oil. So it's how they've processed and manufactured it. So that's more important than the actual price of it. So look for cold processed oils rather than heat extracted oils. Every episode ends with debunking or confirming a myth. So here's yours. Facial oils don't actually hydrate the skin. True and false. So hydration doesn't occur just purely from an oil. You definitely need to wet the skin because our skin barrier is made of oil and water molecules. So you need both of them on the skin to allow penetration. Oils are not going to penetrate beyond the top layer of your skin if you do the right thing. But oils can also prevent water loss as well. So then you're also hydrating the skin in that sense. Well, on that note, does it mean then that a facial oil can never truly replace your moisturizer? Creams are obviously much easier to use, but you do get some benefits that oils offer that creams may not. Which comes first, the oil or the moisturizer? If you're going to do both, I'd probably suggest the oil first. A funny one to finish then, does it mean that facial oils are not really necessary? All you need is really a couple of things in life. One is a good sunscreen, a good moisturizer, a soap-free cleanser, and that's all you need in life. Everything else is 
for fun. If you can't afford one, it doesn't need you need to have one. Everything else comes secondary and they all have added benefits, but the benefits are not as great as wearing a sunscreen. Amazing. Dr. Sharma, thanks for helping us to better understand all things facial oils. You're very welcome. Thank you once again for having me on your show. And thanks for tuning in today. I'm Shazzy Hunt. My producer is Michaela Floriano and audio production is by Leah Porges. And if you love listening to You Beauty, please take a moment to pop into the podcast app that you're listening on right now and leave us a review. Speak to you next time.